What is Thursday? Awesome day. Nobody, most people don't have to work, and you, his kids are out of school for like six weeks in honor of Thanksgiving, aren't they? Tech is. Thanksgiving, you know, Thanksgiving, the, the tradition, the history of it to me has always been exciting and interesting. In 1620, the pilgrims came to uh, what is now America, and they made a mistake. Instead of landing in Florida, in, in November, they landed in Massachusetts, which was not a real good deal when you didn't have heaters and houses. And that first winter was brutal. They, many, many of them died, and it was like to starve death. But that next spring, they actually met an Indian who spoke English. That's a different sermon all in itself. And this guy was able, his name was Squanto, he was able to, to kind of connect them with some local Indians and teach them how to, to farm. And they raised effectively 20 acres of corn. It saved their lives. Don't you know they were sick of corn by the next spring, though? Corn, corn. What's for supper tonight, honey? Corn. Uh, corn, corn, corn. But in the celebration of this, they, uh, uh, the Governor William Bradford, who was the, the leader of that Plymouth colony. By the way, I heard this this week. Did you know what music that the Pilgrims, their favorite music was? Plymouth Rock. Didn't, didn't work in the first service and did not work in the second service, so... That was Brandon's. He spent a lot of time working on that this week. But Brandon and Josh. Josh. Okay. Um, where was I? So they, they just, Governor William Bradford calls together about 90 of the local Indians with, uh, with uh, his people. And they have a three-day celebration. This is, the, this is the kickoff for our modern-day Thanksgiving. And they played football. I'm sure they did. But they ate a lot. And they, they fellowshiped. And they had fun. And they celebrated God's blessings on their life. In 1863, Abraham Lincoln said, we need to have a day, a national day of Thanksgiving in 1941. Our Congress did something good, and they set aside the fourth Thursday, November to be Thanksgiving. Our scripture today is our memory verse for the month. It's, it's 1 Thessalonians 5.18. If you have your Bibles, you can find it. If not, it'll be on the screen. It says, why don't you just read this with me? Give thanks... Great verse. Sometimes it's misunderstood, but a great verse. So we're going to dive into it and see what it says. Let, let's begin with this. Here's what I want to really say. Um, always being a very thankful person will make you better. Everyone in here needs to improve. We all need to get better. We all need to be pushing ourselves forward in the right direction. I want to tell you this morning, if you will make a decision to always be a truly gracious, grateful person, you will be better as an individual. Now, to unpack this verse, let's begin with this. This doesn't say to be thankful for everything. This is not saying that you should be thankful for everything that happens. In verse 18, it says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Notice it says, in all circumstances, not for everything. And, and let me just walk you through some of this. One, uh, if, a, if a child is raped and murdered, should you thank God for that? Absolutely not. You have massive abortions. You have all kinds of crime and people being beheaded because they're Christians in parts of the world. Do you thank God for that? Absolutely not. You don't thank God for anything that's evil, wicked, sinful, or wrong. That doesn't come from God. That comes from Satan. 
You know, I, I think back to a, to a recent event. It's nine years, but it's still pretty fresh to many of us. was Hurricane Katrina. We have a picture of that devastation, how terrible that was. I don't know. Some of you may remember we actually had a church picnic, and it was like 180 degrees at the park that August Sunday afternoon. And that night, Katrina hit. Over 1,800 people died. Billions, maybe by now, $140 billion worth of damage. Over a million people displaced. Do you thank God for that storm? No, this is not telling us to thank God for sin, evil, and wrong. But here's what it's teaching, and this is transformational. It's saying no matter what happens, there's a lot to be thankful for. No matter what happens... There's a lot to be thankful for. Let's look at this verse again. Give thanks. Thanks means to express appreciation. Thanksgiving, we'll see more in a moment, is recognizing a blessing and expressing appreciation. That's what it means. And and he says here, give thanks in all circumstances. The word in there means whatever you're surrounded by. It doesn't say thankful for everything. It's saying whatever's going on, give thanks in all circumstances. All or everything, every circumstance you find yourself in, whatever you find yourself swallowed up by and enveloped by, there are a lot of reasons to be thankful is simply what this passage is teaching. Walk you through this again. The pilgrims. The pilgrims, some historians say they made seven times more graves than they did huts that first year. Did you get that? They... they, they made seven times the, the number of graves versus homes they did that first year. But they were the ones to kick off what we know as Thanksgiving. I want to read to you a little bit about Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln, some say, is the greatest president we ever had. Remember, he's the guy that, that really kind of made it an official day in 1863. Let's look at a little bit of Lincoln's easy life. When he was nine years old, his mom died. He had a hard childhood. In fact, by the time he was nine, he was basically what we would say a full-time worker. When he was 23, he went into business with a guy. They bought a store, had to go into deep debt. A few years later, the guy died. All the debt went to Lincoln. It took him years to pay that off. When he uh, was 28 years old, he had dated a girl for four years, asked her to marry him, and she said, no, guys, date him two years and ask. Don't ever date anybody four years and then ask them. That's one of the lessons there. Uh, he, he ran for Congress once, didn't get elected. Ran for Congress second time, didn't get elected. Finally, at 37, he was elected to Congress, but he was failed to get reelected the next year. Then he had a four-year-old son die. When he he was 45, he ran for Senate. He lost. At 47, ran for vice president and lost. At 51, he was finally elected president of the United States. And the Civil War starts. The most brutal, bloody conflict in the history of our country. In 1862, he had been in office a little over, I guess, about a year, year and a half. And he had a 12-year-old son named Willie who died. But it was in 1863, in the middle of the Civil War, when it was certainly far from being satisfied that Lincoln, this man who knew sorrows of the deepest way, said, we need to celebrate a day of Thanksgiving. I want to say this this morning. I'm not at all wanting to minimize your pain or your heartache or what you're going through because I know some of you are probably going through some deep, deep waters. But here's what I want to tell you. No matter what you're in, there's still a lot to be thankful for. Hey, you're in church this morning, not in the ICU. Amen? 
You're in church this morning. You're not in a prison cell. You're upright. You, most of you got hair. You've got some teeth. You can see or you can hear. And, and you're invited to go to a free meal, which is going to be wonderful. I'm not downplaying your hurts, but I just want to sell you on this. What God's saying is no matter what's going on, there is a lot that we have to be thankful for. And I want to tell you a third part of this. This is an act of obedience. Well, I just don't want to be thankful. Like saying, well, I, you know, I like everything God says except that adultery part. You know, I just, God made me, I need more than one woman to be happy. You know, you think, what are you talking about? In verse 18, look what it says. It says, give thanks in all circumstances if you want to, and Jesus will be okay with whatever you decide. Is that what it says? It says, this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. The word will there. It means what, what's desired and what is right. What's desired and what's right. Listen to this. The, the word will there also means what pleases and brings joy. When you do God's will, you please God and you bring joy to yourself. Isn't that great? Everybody in here that's sane wants to be happier. Doing God's will is not easier. It's where you find joy. Giving thanks in all circumstances, this is not the totality of God's will for you. In other words, there's a lot of other things God may have for you, a career, a move, a stay, a job, whatever. But one thing you know for certain that is God's will for your life and my life, and that's this, that we choose to be gracious, grateful, thankful people no matter what is going on. I got an an, uh, email from a preaching service I get every week giving tips on preaching, and I think that's where I got that joke, so I think I'm going to cancel that email by your lovely response earlier. But the guy wrote an article, and he said you cannot command, you cannot command Thanksgiving. And I understood what he was saying. I mean, you can't go home today and get your parents or, you know, get your kid on the ground and put their arm behind the back and make them be grateful. I mean, you can say stuff but not be grateful. So he, what he was saying was you, you can't make someone appreciate you or what you've done or what, what the blessings they have. But what God's saying here is if you want to please God, if you want to be in God's will, and if you've got any kind of a brain in your head, it is a command. It's not an option to be a thankful person. Now, let's look at this. How is this going to make you better? How can, if God's telling you to do this, you say, I want to, I want to please God. I want to honor God. So I've got to do this. How, how is this going to make me better by being thankful? I want to share with you three, three thoughts. Number one, it gets you focusing on God. It gets you focusing on God. Give thanks in all circumstances. No matter what's going on, I'm thanking other people and I'm thanking God for what I have, not for what's happening, not for the terrible things, the sinful things, but I'm thanking God for all the good I have it gets me focusing on God. When, when you and I are suffering, we're hurting, things aren't going well, what do we focus on? We focus on what we don't have. We focus on the negative. We focus on how we've been let down, how other people have failed us, how God has failed us. And, and that kind of thinking will get you in a spiral that will ruin your life. What he says here is being thankful gets you focusing on God. Why should you focus on God? God's all-powerful. God's all-knowing. 
God's all loving. God's never going to fail you. God's never going to forsake you. He's going to be with you every step of the way. God cares about you. His thoughts, the Bible says, are on you 24-7. Don't you think it's good to focus on God? It is. And see, when I'm thankful versus critical, gripey, finding the fault, what's wrong, what could you do better, what could they do better, but when I'm focused on what I have and on the blessings... It gets me focusing on God. Number two, it gets me focusing on the positive. It gets me focusing on what's right. It is impossible, I believe, to be a thankful person and a grouchy critic. <laughs> but again, what do we do when circumstances are swallowing us up? We think about the negative. We think about what bad could happen. We count our losses. We focus on our pain. And we go into a spiral that leads us all the way down. We start focusing on the positive. It turns that completely around. In Proverbs, it says, as a person thinks in their heart, so they are. You are never going to be better by being negative, by being cynical, by looking for the wrongs, by counting what you don't have. By going through life but like some arrogant little person who thinks everyone owes you and you don't get a blessing, it's what you're deserved, that's going to ruin you. Philippians 4.8, look what Philippians 4.8 says. Finally, brothers, what is true, what's noble, what's right, what's pure, what's lovely, whatever is admirable, if it's excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. When you and I are conscious and expressive of our benefits, it, it changes our mindset. We have a beautiful old hymn by a guy named uh, Oatman Johnson, Jr., and he, it's Count Your Many Blessings. And that song says, Count Your Many Blessings, Name Them One by One, and it will amaze you what the Lord has done. That's what he's trying to get us to do here. I remember hearing a guy years ago say, the thankful mind, the thankful heart, the thankful person has a continual feast because when we're focusing on what we have and we're thanking God for it, it focuses our mind on the positive. Again, we're not denying the, the negative or denying reality. You deal with those things. But God says to live in the positive. And here's the last part of this. It changes you. It changes you spiritually, emotionally, and physically for the better. Now, that's a big claim. But it's absolutely true. First of all, obedience is always the best thing for you. God doesn't tell you to obey Him because He just has random rules that they made up in heaven so we would have stuff we would have to do here on earth. God tells us to obey Him because it's always what's right and it's always what is best for us. But listen, guys, how your mind goes, you go. How your mindset goes and your thought patterns go, it's going to affect you spiritually, emotionally, and then even eventually it's going to affect you physically. I read a lengthy article this week, and it, it, it quoted psychiatrists, psychologists, medical doctors. The editor of it was a, a lady doctor named Dr. Louise Chang. Listen to some of the things that this article said. Dr. Chang begins it by saying thousands of years of literature, thousands of years of writing, have proven that being thankful blesses the person who's thankful. Listen to some of the things that they said in this article. That being thankful helps with, helps with stress. 
I've heard, many of you have heard, that a lot, eight, maybe up to 80% of our doctor visits are, are stress-related, whether we realize it or not. That being thankful, being optimistic, boosts our immune system. It helps us overcome grief. I want to tell you, when you're hurting, when you've had a funeral, when you've had a deep, deep loss, whatever it may be, you don't ignore the reality of that, but when you're counting your blessings in the midst of that, it's amazing how God uses that to help heal you. Several years ago, I read an article. It was about anxiety and Thanksgiving. And, and this psychologist said it is impossible to be thankful and anxious at the same time. It helps us physically, mentally, and emotionally. Good and grief. Don't, don't everyone here want those benefits? That's what God's laying out to us. How that it's going to absolutely revolutionize us and bless us. A.W. Tozier was a great preacher many years ago. And Tozier said, Thanksgiving is something, it doesn't matter how poor you are or how rich you are. This is something you can give God and you can give others. And this is something by giving it away, you are no poor. In fact, by giving Thanksgiving, you become richer indeed. You see... It makes us better because it changes our thinking, our mindset, and ultimately even changes us spiritually, emotionally, and physically. That's better than a pill, isn't it? So let's look at this. Let's, let's make some choices. Number one, let's choose to be a very thankful person. The struggle I have every week as I speak to you is I know by reality you're about here, by faith, I have to accept you're listening. But I really, really hope we'll get this. That, that we need to make a choice to be genuinely thankful people. So what does it mean? Some, some practical guides to this, some practical steps, how, how we do this. Well, first of all, thanksgiving is simply recognition and expression. When, when he says give thanks in all circumstances, thanksgiving is recognizing how someone has blessed you. It's recognizing how God has blessed you. And then it's expressing that to God or to them. Do not live under the phony baloney idea, well, God knows my heart. And in Luke, it's, I think it's Luke 17, Jesus heals 10 lepers, people with terrible disease. Nine go away and don't even thank him. One comes back. Jesus didn't say, hey, I know their hearts. It's good. It's no problem. I'm Jesus. They can't hurt my feelings. Jesus said just the opposite. He said, I healed 10. Where are the other nine? Only one has come to thank me. Express it. Don't, don't go through life thinking, well, I, I don't need to tell that person how I feel about them because they know. That, no, they probably don't. Express your appreciation is what God is telling us here. It's not Thanksgiving if you are sitting on it. It's Thanksgiving when you give it away. So let's look at some, some practical steps to do this. How do we do this best? And let, let's, start with, uh, let's start with God. How do we do this best with God? If you're, if you're not doing this already, I hope you spend time daily. Have a prayer time. Whether it's your new Christian, maybe it's five minutes a day. Maybe it's ten minutes a day. Maybe you've been a Christian for a long time and you pray for an hour a day. 
there should be time in that where you thank God. Again, depending on where you are spiritually, maybe that's 30, 30 seconds, maybe that's one minute or two minutes. But there should be time every day, every day, Christian, that you spend thanking God, that you thank God. And, and some people, you may be saying, well, I, I, how can I, one minute, what do I thank him for? If you have the ability to thank him, thank him for that. <laughs> There's so many things to thank God for. And, and God's never going to get tired of you telling him, thank you for saving me, thank you for blessing me, thank you for protecting me. Thank him daily. Here's something I try to do every, every night when I go to bed and every morning when I get up. Before I lay down, I, I, I think of five things where I'm blessed. My family's, my family's alive and okay. They may be driving me crazy, but they're alive and okay. So I, I, I say, man, my family is healthy. Thank you, God, my family's healthy. And then I look in my bed, and, and I, I just thank God for my wife. And then there's these two gigantic dogs, boxers. And I say, God, thank you that these boxers will cuddle with me when my wife won't. And thank you, and thank you, my wife's legs are not as hairy as theirs too, God. And, uh, but, but I thank God that my dogs are alive. Again, this is a simple thing. And the first thing I try to do when I get up in the morning is thank God for my family being alive, for, for my health being okay. It, it's a simple thing to recognize it and then to thank God for it. It's, it's, a, it's a neat thing, something that you ought to do. Now, again, what is Thursday? It is Thanksgiving. It's not Halloween. It is Thanksgiving. Take five or ten minutes Thursday. And get by yourself and just, just thank God. Just, just spend five or ten minutes thanking God on Thursday. Maybe you want to spend an hour, get out in the woods, whatever it is. Spend time thanking God Thursday for what he's done to, for you. Here, here's another thing that I think you'll find interesting. Go home and make a list of a hundred things, a hundred blessings you have. Again, some of you are going, oh, I can't think of a hundred. We need you to see Brandon this week. You have problems. You have a hundred things to be grateful for. And I want to tell you, it will bless your life if you'll do this. I had a lady in one of my previous churches who would struggle with depression. And I don't know if she was on medication, if she saw a counselor, but she told me every time I feel myself going south, I will go home and I will make a long list of things how God's blessed me. Listen, make that list. Keep that list. Add to it through the years. But make a list of a hundred things. Make it this week if you can. That, that blessings that you have in your life. It, it'll really help you. Now let's talk about thanking other people. Because Thanksgiving should be vertical, us to God. But it should be horizontal. It should be us to other people. And remember, you want to thank people in a way that it helps people. Right? True? When I first got here, uh, our church, we were meeting in the gym. Some of you people remember that. And I would preached a sermon. And, and Greg Phillips, Greg, raise your hand if some of them don't know you. Greg came by me after church one Sunday morning. And he said, Chris, thank you for that, that sermon. And, and uh, I was, you know, was going to be real spiritual. So I said, well, don't thank me, brother. Th- thank the Lord. And Greg looked back at me. And he goes, it wasn't that good. Isn't it like that, Greg? Was that how it went? Uh, and that didn't really happen, but it made a good point. You don't want to hurt somebody with your thanksgiving. Thank you for not being so dumb, or thank you for 
your, your pig and you made a mess, but you didn't make a big mess. Don't, you don't want to hurt somebody with your thing. It's to bless them. All, all it takes is sincerity and expression. See, here's why some of us don't thank God and we don't thank other people. We're too arrogant. We're too prideful. And maybe God just needs to pin your nose on the ground for a little while and break you, and then you will realize how much you have to be thankful for. Don't let that happen. Choose to be thankful our arrogance and our pride keeping us from being thankful. Thank, thank God and thank other people. Here's some things you can do. It's so easy today. Every week, the rest of your life, send one email, one text message, Facebook message, tweet, whatever, to one person and say thank you. Be as specific as you can, but thank people. Try to find somebody every week face-to-face that you can thank for something. And be as, be as specific as you can. Remember, the idea is to be sincere and to bless them. Find somebody weekly that, that you can thank. And thank people who help you. When you go to a restaurant or you go someplace, somebody pours you tea, they could pour it on your head. Maybe some of you, they need to do that too. I don't know. But... Thank those people. They're not getting paid millions of dollars to make sure your potatoes are warm. Uh, thank them for how they bless you. And, and here's a novel idea. Thursday being Thanksgiving, you know what you ought to do? And, and men, if you're the leader of your home, or you think you are, take Leadership Thursday. And before you eat, and, and I, I'll even encourage you to sin a little bit. Eat, eat till it pops a little bit. Enjoy it. Thank, thank God for it. But... It is Thanksgiving, right? So before you dive in, now if you got Bill Bob, the, uh, the uncle there who's an atheist, it changes this a little bit, but anybody can still do this. Go around the table, go around the table and let, and let everybody say something they're thankful for. And if you want to up it a little bit, do this. Go, go around the table, but when it's so-and-so's turn, they not only need to say what they're thankful to God for, they need to point at everyone at the table, unless there's 84 of you, obviously, and say what they're thankful for you about. You know what you'll do? The food may get a little cool, but the hearts will get warmer. You will bless God, and you will bless each other. Choose to be thankful. Years ago, I heard a person say this, and this is exactly right, that gratitude or a lack of gratitude is a sure indicator of spiritual health. You see, you, you cannot be an ungrateful person and walk well with others, and you cannot be an ungrateful person, are you hearing me, and walk well with God. Oh, I'm spiritual. I'm if you are an ungrateful person, you have got a heart problem. And what I want us to choose today is to choose to be people of real gratitude to God and to others. And by the way, it will bless you tremendously to become this person. Let's pray. If you're a Christian, I, I think you know what God's telling you you need to do. And we're going to give you the opportunity in a moment to do that. 
If you're not a Christian, I want to encourage you. If you're ready, give your life to Christ today. Give your life to Jesus this morning. Would you pray with me and just say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. And I, I want to turn from my sins. I, I believe you're God's son and you died and arose for me. Jesus, come into my heart this morning. And today, I give you my life. Let me have your attention just for a second. We're going to stand in a moment. And I want to invite you to respond to what God's saying to you. Maybe you just prayed and asked Christ in your heart. Are you ready to do that? When we stand, would you come this morning? Would you come and talk to one of our ministers? Would you seal that deal with God today? Maybe you're here and you'd like to join our church. One way you can do that when we stand is you can, you can slip out. You can come and you can join us this morning. We'd love for you to. You're here this morning and you're a Christian. You have some choices to make. You need to be honest with yourself. Maybe where you're standing or at the altar today, you need to do some real repentance because your heart's grown cynical and cold and critical and you've lost that grateful spirit. Choose gratitude. Christian, maybe you want to come this morning and pray with a minister or get on your knees or your face before God and thank Him for how He's blessed you. Maybe when we stand, there's somebody in this congregation that you need to go to this morning or you want to go to and just say thank you for how you bless me. Let's stand and let's choose gratitude.